You are listening to Larry Connors, USA. You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers? I want the truth! You can't handle the truth! This is Larry Connors, USA. Larry Connors, USA. I'm Phil Lipoff, and we are coming on the air with breaking news for you. A horrific scene unfolding. This is just outside of Chicago. Authorities on the scene of a deadly shooting at a 4th of July parade in Highland Park, Illinois. At least five people shot and killed, 19 hospitalized. The victim shot along the parade route. Shots reportedly fired about 10 minutes after the parade started. Authorities reportedly believe the shooter may have been on a roof. Well, uh, it's not five persons now. It's six persons killed, unfortunately, in the Illinois mass shooting and about 30 hospitalized. I, I hate to uh, hate to start the program on such a down note, but that's, that's America today, unfortunately, another mass shooting in Chicago, Illinois. And uh, it was during a Fourth of July parade, a lot of families along the street, and uh, this young man who was obviously had some mental issues was on the top of a building and began firing randomly down into the street. Right now they say they don't know uh, his reason for doing so, but he is in custody. Uh, his name, we just got an update about a half hour ago. His name is, Chris, uh, is uh, uh, shoot, well, Bobby, Bobby Crimo, Robert Bobby Crimo III. And... Uh, Six people are now 38 wounded, so it's gone from 20 to 30 to 38 wounded, and who knows when it all comes down. He was a rapper. He went by the name of Awake, they said, and uh, it's a sad, sad thing, and our hearts go out to all those people in Highland Park, a suburb of Chicago, and everything that's happened there. Uh, well, you're listening to Larry Connors USA. I'm not Larry Connors. I'm Randy Mayfield, filling in once again for my friend Larry. Larry is... Uh, Paul Harvey with an edge, they say, and I and I would have to say that I'm uh, more a Paul Harvey with a slight taper. <laughs> I'm not I'm not quite as as edgy as Larry, but I'm trying. Larry is mentoring me. I'm trying to be more edgy. I uh, my background is in, in radio and television is in interviewing and having live people to bounce off of, and so this has been a real uh, effort, but wonderful experience for me to be uh, more of a news person. Larry, you know, has been a news person for. 50 years and a good one. But uh, I'm learning. So thank you, Larry, for giving me the opportunity once again. We're live right here on KXEN, AM and FM, AM 1010, FM 100.7, and also at Larry Connors USA at rumble.com. You just go to rumble.com, enter Larry Connors USA as one word, and you can listen to this streaming broadcast uh, live, or you can listen to past broadcasts as well. And you can also go to LarryConnorsUSA.com and listen to past programs. So it is a hot one here in St. Louis today. If you're listening to this live, you know that it's about 100 degrees outside, 101 maybe. They say the heat indices would be about 110. And uh, it's close to that in the studio. <laughs> no, I'm bringing a fan tomorrow. Uh, it is warm in here, but it's not It's not 110. I would be sweating. Fat guys sweat very easily. You have to or, or you burst. But uh, So stay cool. Stay hydrated. If you know anybody who's... Uh, uh, in uh, 
you know, a place where they can't get good air conditioning or they're elderly, check on them. We see this on the news all the time, but it's true. Check on them, make sure they're okay, because heat uh, is, is not good, especially for the elderly and for the very young, and then keep them hydrated as well. So, uh, again, the, the tragic shooting in Chicago, we're going to talk more about that. I'm going to, when we come back from the break, we'll, uh, we'll hear from the, uh, the mayor of Chicago, uh, Lori Lightfoot. Um, she has supposedly one of the safest gun laws in America. And if you know anything about Chicago and what's happened with gun uh, action there and murders and, and street crime, and uh, Lori, I, you know, you got a long way to go, baby. That's all I'm saying. And uh, so in light of these recent shootings, she, she hasn't said much. She didn't come back and say much about it. So when we come back from the break, we'll, uh, we'll listen to what she has to say and also her criticism of the governor of, the governor of Texas uh, because he had some criticism of Chicago and their lack of control over violence and gun deaths. And so she uh, quickly changed the subject to border control and a lot of other things because she doesn't want to talk about uh, the, the crime in Chicago and the gun laws in Chicago and everything else in Chicago. So we'll be back right after the break. Um, it's uh, I just talked to a friend of mine. He said, you know, southern Illinois is very different than Chicago, but Chicago runs the state, and so they're going to have to make some changes. We'll talk a little later. Their governor even wants to run for president, so we're going to see what that happens with Pritzker. We'll be right back with you. Stay with us right here on Larry Connors USA. You are listening to Larry Connors, USA. I personally know at least three people who got sick from mold. It's not uncommon for homes, businesses to have a leak somewhere, and it doesn't take long for mold to start growing. Well, of course, I recommend Wellington Environmental. You don't want a company that's just going to clean up the water. Wellington has 34 years of experience. In fact, hospitals often have Wellington inspect and treat mold. Do what they do. Call 314-644-4930. 644-4930. Call Wellington for a mold inspection, air testing, professional remediation. 314-644-4930. 4930 Triple A rated with a Better Business Bureau. Wellington Environmental. Your world. Cleaner. Better. Safer. Be well with Wellington. My sponsors keep this program on the air. So my thanks to John Bill Roofing. Covering homes and businesses throughout the Midwest. Best quality. Lowest price. So when you need a roof, remember this sponsor for this program. John Bill Roofing. 1-800-NEW-ROOF. 1-800-NEW-ROOF. This is Larry Connors USA. Larry Connors USA. It's a long-standing Republican trope um, to try to put 
a city like Chicago in their mouths and criticize us. But the fact of the matter is, that guy needs to focus on taking care of business there. Let's think about the debacle that he created at the border to make it look like he was being tough on, on immigration. He created a disaster on both sides of the border because he was thoughtless in a way that he was trying to accomplish something purely for political gain and purely for a stunt. Let's think about the fact of his failure, utter failure, to invest in the infrastructure in Texas that led to a catastrophic collapse of the electrical grid when Texas had a a big uh, winter storm just a year ago. So he's not really worth my time and energy. And I hope the um, citizens, uh, voters in the state of Texas understand that it's time for change and vote for Beto. Yeah, okay, well, (laughs) that's... uh... That's your Chicago mayor, ladies and gentlemen, Democrat Lori Lightfoot, uh, taking out her aggressions on Texas Governor uh, Abbott because he made some comments about the gun policies of Chicago. Okay, so, so Lori, what's up with the gun policies and the safety that you promised your people when you were elected in 2019? You know, as of last night, she had no comment on the shootings. Uh, she's made comments all throughout the last few weeks because there have been shootings, ongoing shootings in Chicago. But this was a mass shooting, and she didn't have much to say yet. Now, as of us being on the air, maybe she's got something out there. I don't know. But uh, she made no comment about the shootings, but she she talked a lot about uh, Governor Abbott. And she made the comment that uh, uh, about the border issues. Let's not talk about crime and shooting in Chicago. Let's talk about the border issues, which, of course, Chicago doesn't deal with They're in Chicago. Uh, they border the, uh, the Lake Michigan or whatever it is. Um, but she tries to take it off and blame it on him, and she disses the governor, and she won't talk about her failure, her miserable failure of controlling crime, and, and particularly gun uh, crime in Chicago. And again, um, six people have died, and, and 36-plus now injured and in the hospital, some in critical condition. And the mayor takes her time uh, dissing the governor. She says, I don't want to give him any time, but she spent her whole interview talking about him and not about the issues in Chicago. It's it's sad, Lori. You were elected in 2019. I don't know when you come up for re-election, but you're not going to have much to show your people that, that you've accomplished in the city of Chicago. And for those of you down, you know, downstate, uh, your votes count. I know it's tough because you're, you're, everything's being run by Chicago for all of Illinois. But you can make a difference, and you need to make a difference uh, for not only you can't vote for the obviously can't vote for the mayor, but you can vote for the governor uh, of your state. You can vote for other elected officials who can make a difference in in gun crime. So again, our hearts go out to the people of Chicago and to the families impacted, and uh, pray for pray for Chicago, but pray for St. Louis. We are in a very similar situation, as many of you know, with leadership that doesn't have any control over gun violence in the city. Every night. We're hearing about killings and stuff in the city of St. Louis. And uh, so we have we have similar problems, but we pray for those people. Okay, let's move on to another issue, probably the issue. I know Larry's talked a lot about it in the past week or so, and everybody's talking about it, and they're going to be talking about it for a while because it's huge. It's going to impact the upcoming elections. It's going to impact uh, uh, a, a lot of stuff in our lives, and that is the Supreme Court's recent decision on Roe v. Wade. And uh, it's it's a big issue, and it's getting bigger. And uh, the left is not happy uh, that they no longer have this federal mandate to kill their children. Uh, but uh, many don't understand what the ruling really said. Some people said it's abortion is over. 
Well, that would be wonderful in my mind. It would be wonderful in the mind of God if we stopped killing our unborn children. And uh, yes, I said God. There's backup. And, you know, and again, I know some people listening here are, are don't believe in God. That's fine. Uh, you have a different perspective. You kill your babies and you don't think anything about it. But there's many of us who understand that, that there is a living being in the womb and we're doing everything we can to prevent uh, people from killing it, especially uninformed people. We're going to talk later on tomorrow, actually in tomorrow's show, with the head of Thrive, which is a huge pregnancy resource center. People are helping unwed mothers. People are finding housing. and you know They get accused, well, we have to abort the baby because no one's going to take care of us. No, if you go to Planned Parenthood, they will not take care of you. You're correct. They won't even show you that you have a baby. We'll talk about that a little bit later. But tomorrow, Bridget Van Means will be with us, and we're going to talk about what's happening here uh, in the St. Louis area and around the country with Thrive. And later on, we're going to discuss some of this also with uh, John Zadrozny. Um, John Zadrozny is the Deputy Director of Investigations for America First Legal. And he's got some interesting things to say. But before we hear from him and others, let's hear what our Vice President has to say about the recent Supreme Court decision. This is the first time in the history of our nation that a constitutional right has been taken from the people of America. And what is that right, some might ask? It's the right to privacy. Think about it as the right for each person to make intimate decisions about heart and home. Decisions about the right to start a family, including contraception, such as IUDs, the morning after pill. Decisions about whether to have a child, including, as Senator Durbin mentioned, through in vitro fertilization. Decisions to marry the person you love. Decisions, decisions about heart and home. And decisions about marrying the one you love. That's exactly what Roe v. Wade is about, isn't it? No, Camilla, you don't know anything more about this than you do about the border and everything else you occasionally talk about. We don't see you very often. There's a reason for that. Uh, because you don't know what you're talking about most of the time. You say it's a constitutional right that's been taken away from the people of America. First of all, it's been taken away from the federal government. It's not been taken away from the people. The people have the, the, the whole point is to give it to the people. The states decide, the people vote. Okay, Camelia, I'll tell you how, I'll tell you how it works. There's a Congress, there's a Senate, we elect them. There are state representatives, we elect them, and then they make the decisions. The Supreme Court is not to be the one to tell us what to do with our lives, and they realize that, finally. And so they, they vanished the federal Roe v. Wade decision. It didn't get rid of abortion, Camilla. Go back, go to your history book, or just go to the, the comments on the decision that was made a, a couple of days ago. Don't just start talking once again. I know you get that from your boss. It's easy to just start rambling, but it doesn't work. Uh, so you think it's about right to privacy. Privacy, which is the right to kill your offspring uh, that's what her thinking is. That's what privacy is, the right to kill your offspring. I'm going to talk about what a baby is. It, a baby isn't part of a woman. A baby is inside a woman's womb, but it's a separate individual person, spirit, body, 
It's not your right to privacy to kill that baby. And then you go off on, well, it's all about contraception, family planning, IUDs, the morning after pill, in vitro fertilization. No, that's not what it's about, Camilla, at all. I mean, if you want to take up those issues with some people later, that's fine. But that's not this was about. This was about. This was about killing your baby. I know it sounds rough, doesn't it? Why can't we just say abortion, or why can't we just say ending a pregnancy? And and of course they throw at you. Well, what about rape? What about incest? Okay, that's one to two percent of abortions. What about the other ninety-eight percent, Camilla? I think we need to consider all things. But I'm talking about the 98.5% of uh, people who use killing their babies as a form of birth control. You know what a good form of birth control is? Abstinence. You're not going to do that. So safe sex, which I don't promote because I think it's not biblical, but still, it's better than killing your baby. Why don't we talk about those things and not about getting access to uh, providing health care for the safety of babies? This, isn't the, this, is health, this is not health care for women. It's, 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 it's killing babies. So I'm thinking it's taking away health care for babies, not for the women, because we're ending their lives, millions of them. And she and other liberals find it difficult to honor and obey the Supreme Court when they make conservative decisions. Well, I mean, I, I guess that makes sense. Uh, the conservatives on the right don't like what the liberals do. The liberals, And we're going to hear later how uh, our president says, we are more unified than we've ever been. Mr. Biden, I, I mean, I'm not even going to go there. I'm not even going to go there because he's unaware. He's unaware of what's happening around him, so I'm not going to go there. But we'll hear his quote a little bit later on. Uh, of course, even here in St. Louis, our very own Cory Bush. The moment that I believe that, yes, this day could actually come was the confirmation of Brett Kavanaugh. Um, and uh, But being here in this moment, like nothing really could prepare me. I thought I was preparing myself and I thought we were doing the work to help prepare, you know, um, uh, uh, so many others. But for this to actually happen, I still can't believe that um, this far-right extremist Supreme Court would overturn Roe v. Wade when, when the numbers show that the majority of the people of this country did not want it overturned. Yeah, well, you know, the majority of the people did not say they didn't want this overturned on a federal level. Uh, they, they want to allow abortion, uh, and they don't have any problem with it. Many don't have a problem with it going to the state level. And that's where there's going to be a lot of brouhaha's because— uh, Different states, like our own, have immediately put in. There haven't been abortions in St. Louis in a while, as you know, in Missouri. Uh, but they just sent them across the river to Illinois because Illinois is going to allow it. They're going to encourage it, as it will California and New York. California is working on spending. We just took it out of the federal government's hands, and yet they want to spend federal money to fly people there. Uh, Cory Bush was talking about this is a public health emergency, and we need to have the federal government give us money for land, and the federal government build buildings that we can uh, provide, put abortion providers into and let them abort these babies. We just took it out of the federal hands, and now they're saying, why don't we put this back into the federal hands? No, uh, it's a state decision, and, and yes, you may have to fly to California. Wow, how, how inconvenient. If I want to kill my baby, I should be able to go down the street and find a doctor who doesn't take his Hippocratic oath seriously and, and allow him to kill my baby, whether it's uh, 10 weeks, 20 weeks, or full term. Some states are really pushing for full term. And trust me, it's going to go beyond that. I don't even want to get there. But uh, So using federal buildings to fund abortions. And, and, and then what's next? There's no value to the life of children. 
So because they get in the way, they're inconvenient. So, you know, I've got an elderly friend with Alzheimer's who is a burden on her family, a burden on me. I try to help her as my friend, but she's a burden. Why don't we figure out a way, and they're already talking about this, where we can eliminate these older people with infirmities? Oh, and maybe they're just sick. They're deathly sick, and and uh, we're doing them a favor. And we can find uh, ways that the federal government, there'll be places they can go, and they can just go to sleep, and it'll be over. And you think this is weird that, that we're talking about killing people, because uh, you know, killing babies has been okay for a long time with a lot of people, still is. But now killing older people and adults and sick people, that's getting a little tenuous, but some people are for that. How would we do this federally? The blueprints are there. The blueprints are there. Go to uh, Auschwitz or Dachau or Ravensbrück. You can find the blueprints for how to kill your people. It's happened before. And uh, am I being sarcastic? Um, no. No, I'm not. It's serious. Now, I know I'm coming from a, a different perspective. And I know not everybody agrees with what I agree with. That's fine. That's what's great about America. We have... We can think about different things. We can we can agree on some things, disagree on others. But we need to allow the speech to happen and not to berate, as we just heard Mayor Lori Lightfoot of Chicago, berate other people who see things differently than us. Express your opinions. But as uh, Camilla, Camilla, uh, what do you say? Is it Camilla? Camilla. I never hear, I, we never hear about her because so, she's just not very active. But Camilla uh, says we just need to love we need to love each other and let us love the way we want to love. And that's a beautiful statement, but we don't love each other by allowing us to kill each other, by allowing us to fight, whether it's, you know, in the courts or wherever it is. We've got to, we've got to use our heads and we've got to understand that this Supreme Court decision is big. We're going to talk about more about the Supreme Court decision. I forgot the last half, but I will say it. Lock and load, ready on the right. This moment, we are confronting a domestic threat that we have never faced before, and that is a former president who is attempting to unravel the foundations of our constitutional republic. And he is aided by Republican leaders and elected officials who've made themselves willing hostages to this dangerous and irrational man. Now, some in my party are embracing former President Trump. And even after all we've seen, they're enabling his lies. The reality that we face today as Republicans, as we think about the choice in front of us, we have to choose because Republicans cannot both be loyal to Donald Trump and loyal to the Constitution. We must ensure that we live in a nation that is governed by law and not by men. And let me also say this to the little girls and to the young women who are watching tonight. These days, for the most part, 
Men are running the world, and it is really not going that well. <laughs> okay. All right, Liz. Well, you, you can't have it both ways. Governed by law and not by men. What is a man? And for that sake, what is a woman? In today's society, are we being governed by men or women or them or they? I, I mean, you know, I'm not totally disagreeing with her thoughts about the past and men running the world when we had men. But things are changing quite a bit. If you haven't noticed, Liz, we have a the first woman vice president. I assume she's a woman. I'm using these terms now. I know it's not even safe to use the term man and woman, but that's all I've known since I've grown up. Uh, I, I went into the showers when I was in high school, and I, I know the difference. Not the, I didn't go into the girls' showers. I want to clarify that. But I do know what a, a guy is. And uh, I know you can try to change everything you want to, but it doesn't change who you were made to be and who you are. But we have the first woman vice president. Again, her quote, we're being governed by men. Uh, we have a woman speaker of the House. We just recently appointed the fourth woman to the Supreme Court. That's almost half the Supreme Court is women, four out of nine. Uh, I would say that soon it may be conservatives are running the world, certainly after the, uh, the uh, upcoming elections. I would hope so. But I wouldn't say necessarily that it's men. And uh, like many of the politicians, and she is a Republican, I would say a, I don't know, what would you call her, liberal, or at least highly left-leaning Republican. She doesn't like the Republican Party. She doesn't like the Republican leadership. She doesn't like a lot of things. But uh, we're not there yet, but women have a voice. They do, a better voice. We're not there in a lot of places. We're not there with equality of the races, equality of men and women. We're not, we're not there. Okay, I, I get that. But to say that we're, we're governed only by, uh, by men is, is incorrect. Well, uh, and, of course, she's referring, again, to what we were talking about earlier, the Supreme Court decision and how uh, President Trump appointed uh, conservative judges, thus uh, making it uh, you know, a situation where they're going to vote pro-life, they're going to vote against Roe v. Wade. And uh, our president... Our former president, Barack Obama, said the Supreme Court reversed 50 years of precedent. It relegated the most intensely personal decisions someone can make to the whims of politicians and ideologues. Well, actually, we took it away from politicians and into the hands of the people. And um, it is a important, intense decision to choose to kill your unborn child. I agree with you, former President Hussein Obama. But... Um, it's not essentially attack, attacking the freedoms of millions of Americans. It's, in essence, giving freedom to millions of Americans because 60 million of potential Americans didn't get that freedom. They were killed in the womb, my thinking, and I think that's correct thinking for some of you. Others don't see it that way, but we'll talk, like I say, a little more about the difference it makes when a woman sees what's in her womb uh, and she goes into a place like Thrive and they do a sonogram. And you see that that's a baby. It has a face. It has eyes. It has a heartbeat. Versus when you go into a Planned Parenthood place like that where they're not about to show you the baby. There's a reason that they don't show abortions to Congress. Because you know, you know what? It's graphic. It's killing a baby. And, of course, Nancy Pelosi, she agrees with the president. Because of Donald Trump, Mitch McConnell, and the Republican Party... Uh, and the supermajority of the Supreme Court, American women have less freedom than their mothers. Radical Republic, Republicans are charging ahead with their crusade. Oh, Nancy, Nancy, you forgot about all those unborn children who we are the ones who have to give the crusade for them. 
Well, we're going to talk more about that. We're going to talk more uh, when we have our special guest, John Zadrozny. We'll be right back. You can email Larry at LarryConnorsUSA at gmail.com. LarryConnorsUSA at gmail.com. Ackerman Toyota believes when you need service, you want genuine parts, certified mechanics, no hidden costs. You get all of that with Ackerman Toyota. Plus, if you're ready for a new car or pre-owned, see what Ackerman has on the lot or what's coming. Ackerman Toyota, Hampton and Interstate 44. Ackerman Toyota for life. And they say you don't tug on Superman's cape. You don't speed into the wind. You don't pull a mask off an old Lone Ranger. And you don't mess around with Jim. I don't do that this is Larry Connors USA. Larry Connors USA. I think the American people really need to appreciate is that this is intentional. Um, this is not some sort of Keystone Cops happenstance disaster right. because Joe Biden doesn't know what he's doing. They are fueling a problem which will allow them to then pivot to not do or uh, do certain things in the future. That was John Zadrozny, and John is our special guest. John, great to have you on the program today. Hey, thanks for having me on. You know, they were playing the song, You Don't Mess Around with Jim. I would say we, we need to find You Don't Mess Around with John the next time we have John on. Yeah, yeah. John, by the way, folks who are listening, he's the Deputy Director of Investigations for America First Legal, which uh, does, I guess, exactly what it says, right? They're putting America first. That's what you're trying to do. Yeah, actually, uh, one of our uh, our commitment pretty much is to make sure that uh, the law is being followed and that transparency is the rule of the day. Uh, the um, the one thing you'll probably acknowledge is that uh, over the last few years, the left is very mobile. There are a lot of outside groups with a lot of money. You know, there's George Soros and the other leftist mm. sugar daddies, and yeah. uh, they they are all over the place. And they're they work together very well. And the reality is, on our side, there are some organizations that have been filed filing lawsuits for years, but uh, there hasn't been quite the robust presence that we had all hoped for. So. Uh, my old boss in the White House and, and uh, the president and CEO of uh, AFL, Stephen Miller, w- w- always talked about how we just needed a bigger presence on the outside to file litigation and make sure that the rules are being followed. And that's what America First Legal is trying to do now. Awesome. Yeah, you mentioned your old boss. and You worked in the Trump administration. You were the uh, a deputy assistant to the president in the Office of Senior Advisor for Policy. Um, uh, let me just ask you something before we talk a little bit more about what you're doing now. I think people would be curious. What is it like working with uh, Donald Trump? I mean, you're speaking largely today, just so you know, to a pro-Trump audience and uh, pretty conservative. But he's a strong personality and uh, has a strong nature, shall we say. And uh, what was your experience like working with him and for him? Well, I will give the caveat that I, I don't know him personally and don't know him well. So I know some people do, and they were very close to him in the White House. I had the privilege of being in meetings and, and conferences with him and uh, – my exposure to him was very interesting. He was—he seemed like a, a genuinely sincere, friendly human being. Uh, the caricature the left has painted of him does not seem accurate to yeah, me. Yeah. Um, I'm sure we all have our moments when we're in charge <laughs> and in, uh, in great stress. But um, I, I, everything I saw was very positive, and I think that the left was determined to never let you see that side of him. Um, and I think people who know him a lot better would probably have even stronger feelings on this subject. But what I saw was pretty... Uh, pretty decent and he was the type of person you'd want in charge of the country he would ask questions and sometimes people wouldn't give him good answers and he'd say well we're not going to do that until i figure out x um and you know you whereas in the past i think a lot of uh 
our Republican presidents probably just have gone along to get along, and um, he just wasn't going to do that, and yeah. that's why they were so vociferously against him. But uh, that's my perspective, and I'm sure you've heard from others who've well, conveyed Well, you know, a lot of times we hear from others, as, as just recently on this uh, January 6th report, we heard from a, a woman who heard from someone else who heard from someone else, and it finds out most of the things that she heard weren't, weren't even true. So you're right. Uh, the left will try to paint a certain picture, but when we when you get down to finding out the facts and what really happened, that can change. But oftentimes they want to throw something out there because just the appearance of evil, as it were, to the public is going to is going to stimulate some thinking in their minds that this guy was this this guy was bad. Yeah, you know, one other thing on that note, I've been struck in Washington about the gap between uh, how people appear and how they really are. Uh, and usually it swings the other way. Usually it's someone who presents themselves as a, a virtuous individual and. Uh, the behind-the-scenes picture is not so much. Here, I think it was the opposite. I think he was uh, more decent than not. I mean, we all, like I said, we're all human beings, and we all wake up on the wrong side of the bed someday. But um, I think what they did was they, they could not allow you to actually see him, which is why I think when he got out in the public and he showed who he really was, the resounding reaction to him was, was pretty strong and positive. Uh, but the Washington Corps needed to make sure they had their caricature stay in place and they tried really hard to prevent the American people from getting to know him. It's really kind of amazing to me the contrast you see with, with the current occupant who really is avoiding the American mm, people mm. Um, to, to avoid showing who he really is and what he does show who he is, a Secret Service agent or an Easter Bunny or his daughter drags him away. Yeah. Um, so I think that speaks volumes. So true. I just played a clip earlier from uh, Camilla, who we don't hear a whole lot of either. They seem to be hiding underneath something because once you bring anything to light with them, it uh, it causes a lot of problems for them because, well, things are just so much better now than they were a couple of years ago, and so uh, they don't want to talk about it. I guess they don't want to gloat. And that's a sarcastic comment, by the way, as you probably yeah, know. Yeah, don't rock the boat, right? <laughs> yeah. <so> well. <laughs> so, so recently we've seen the, the Supreme Court overturn the, the federal mandate for Roe v. Wade. Now, what does this is something you deal with a lot, and what does that decision really mean in terms of abortion rights in America? Because everybody, depending on what side you're on, abortion is no longer legal. There will be no more abortions. Um, I don't think that's exactly what it was saying. Can you share with us a little bit about what happened in this decision, and where do we go from here with that? Absolutely. So you're exactly correct. What the left is trying to do is they're trying to paint this as some sort of reversal of the decision in Roe. In other words, they want to make it seem as if what the court did has basically said abortions are now unconstitutional. Well, that's exactly that's not that's exactly what didn't happen. What the court said was uh, about 50 years ago there was a Supreme Court that decided that it was going to take on the lawmaking capacity of the federal government and create arbitrary rules governing abortion, which is not spoken to in the Constitution. We think it was a mistake, and we're going to return to the pre-1973 posture, which is that it's up to the states, and that the states are going to have to pass their laws and make decisions about their own laws, about what to do with abortion, and um, what, you know if they want to allow them at all, if they want to allow them up to a certain point, uh, how they want to allow them, and so on. I think it's amazing to me for a party that calls itself the Big D Democrat Party, mm. how how opposed they are to small D democracy. I mean, yeah. the, the reaction to that decision, in a, in a you know, when a democratic minded person should be, oh, that's great. Well, we'll take them on and we'll beat them in all these different fora. Well, that's you and I both know. I think the reason why they're so up in arms about this is because they know they're going to lose those fights. Mm -hmm. um, this is not about a democratic movement in favor of slaughtering babies, and yeah. they are on the wrong side of history. And they now know, not only do they know that they're not going to win a lot of these debates, just by virtue of the fact, if you look at the map uh, of the United States, the states that are run by Republican governors and 
have Republican-dominated legislatures is not in their favor. Um, you know, now you're going to have Republicans that are going to have to come out and be more actively vocal about pro-life policies mm-hmm. and opposing abortion. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're not going to win these fights. And, oh, by the way, now they have to spend money oh, yeah. uh, in all of these forums. Like, they have to go to state, each state and each city council, and they have to lobby for these things. And that's a lot of money, whereas they have the court basically providing air cover for them before with Roe v. Wade. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things, too, is I bet you that part of the reason for angst is you and I both know that the money that flows into pan- Planned Parenthood to yep. provide yep. abortion then somehow finds its way into Democrat campaign coffers. Mm-hmm. So this is going to put a dent in their campaign cash ability in the future, I think. They won't say that out loud, of course, but I think that's where the angst comes from. It's certainly not because they care about people's rights. Yeah, they, they holler about taking care of Americans and they're taking care of themselves. You mentioned something on another program that I was listening to the other day uh, with Sebastian Gorka that uh, the Democrats have lost more than 60 million potential voters due to abortion. And that's why they want to open up the borders. We've only got about a minute and a half, but can you just tell us a little bit about your thinking on on that? Yeah, and it's you know it's the timing of this because of Roe. You think in some ways they'd be happy because it might be saving them from themselves, but the reality is, over the last fifty years, uh, P- uh, Americans have aborted sixty-three million people. And it turns out when you spend fifty years aborting Americans in the womb, you're sort of about sixty-three million voters, mm-hmm. right? So all of these people would have been in. They would have been born. They would have been in society. They would have grown up, and you'd have people who typically vote Democrat, you know, early in their lives and later in their lives. Um, some degree of those tens of millions of people would have been here voting for them. So demographically, I think the Democrats don't talk about this, but I think they kind of know their numbers are not good. Uh, they probably okay. know it for a while. This is why they're obsessed with amnesty. You know, this is why they're obsessed with critical race theory and mm-hmm. stealing your kids' brains in school. Mm-hmm. You know, that they, they don't have to have their own kids if they can steal yours. Um, I think to some degree the left is in a bit of a demographic freefall. They won't admit it that way. It's, it's really just my suspicion. And I think that the trick for, for the right in this country is to just keep pushing, don't give up, and don't let them pretend that they're a majority. Because they, are, they are a flimsy, you know, they're louder than us, they're slower than us, yeah. uh, but they're not, they're not in any way a majority party. And I think that's starting to become apparent, like the way they're behaving, they are shedding people. The harder they squeeze to maintain control, the more people run screaming from them. And I think that's, uh, that trend will continue. We just have to hold tight. Hey, man, I think uh, November is going to play a lot into that as well. They're going to see that they are not the majority in any way after the November elections. Well, I, I think you're right. Yeah. Well, you know, there, there's so many other things we could talk about. I wanted to get into some other things on uh, Roe v. Wade. But, and, but also you mentioned, is it true, I, I heard you comment that we are the only uh, country – uh, in the world with open borders for illegal immigrants. Is that true? Well, I mean, if you, you know, human beings have probably crossed other countries' borders illegally, um, but the reality is the reaction of that government is what it's what's telling. Our government is the only one that has a monstrous wide-open border the way ours is, yeah. with no repercussion for people who cross illegally, and that has to change. And eventually we're going to stop being a first-world country if we can't control our own borders. Yeah, and as you said, that's purposeful. Uh, there's a reason the Democrats want it that way. Uh, John Zadrozny, so great to, to hear from you. Thank you for spending some time with us uh, today. We hope to talk to you later because there's a lot more that you know that I'd like to find out. Take care. I'd love to talk. Thank you for having me on. Bye-bye. You can connect with Larry on Twitter at Larry Connors USA. The other day, some listeners saw me in Cafe Napoli, and one said, we see you here all the time. I said, yes, you do. I am the Cafe Napoli ambassador. 
Truth is, I've been an Apley customer for decades when there was only the Clayton location, then Town & Country, now St. Charles. Trust me, you'll enjoy great food, drinks, service. Cafe Napoli, Clayton, Town & Country, Streets of St. Charles. And tell them the Cafe Napoli ambassador sent you. This is Larry Connors USA. Larry Connors USA. With the midterm election season heating up, tensions are mounting inside the Democratic Party and White House with a growing cascade of crises, including the president's handling of border policy, soaring inflation and fears of a recession. We have got to have the guts to go forward with an agenda that shows the American people what we're trying to do. This is really about the collapse in support among young people, among the Democratic base, feeling like they are not, that they worked overtime to get this president elected and they aren't necessarily being seen. According to a recent NBC News poll, 75% of adults believe the country is headed in the wrong direction and many place the blame squarely on the president and his party. Now, some Democrats are bracing for big midterm losses like they suffered under former President Obama two years after he was elected. Wow. So only 75% of the people are concerned. What about the other 25%? You know, we've got the mid midterm elections that are heating up. Um, and Biden is feeling the pressure, and he should be. And his people who write the words that he says should feel the pressure, too, to get their act together. Um, with the things that are happening, gas prices are up, but his approval rating is at its lowest all time. Uh, the conservative Supreme Court is hacking away at his agenda and abolishing federal abortion rights, undermining environmental protections uh, meant to curb climate control, climate change. Democrat control is, is vanishing in Congress. I think we'll see that uh, in November at these midterm elections, that uh, it's going to be a Republican majority, but then then it's going to be on the shoulders of the Republican leadership to make some changes and to make things happen. And then it'll be on the shoulders of the voters in a couple of years to make changes on the presidential level. Uh, who, who is that going to be? We may tech talk about that a little more uh, uh, tomorrow, but uh, I don't know who it's going to be. I'm concerned. Maybe we'll talk about it later on in this, in this program. There are several people wanting to be the next president, Republicans and Democrats. So uh, Rebecca Krenzer-Kotz, who was the late uh, aide to – she was the aide to the late senator, Harry Reid. She says there's a need of urgency and action. Well, I would agree. Folks have been saying that since the day Biden was elected, we need to move fast, and there are a lot of things we need to get done for the American people. Biden – and moving fast seems like a juxtaposition there, doesn't it? Um, I don't think anything he's done has been moving fast. As a matter of fact, it's been moving in reverse. And uh, that's why we need to make some changes. And that's why there's fear, not only with Biden, but with all the all those in Congress. There's fear about what's coming up in these uh, midterm elections because uh, they think it's bad having the Supreme Court ruling conservatively. Wait till you get the whole Congress ruling that way. Uh, Biden has been just trying to roll out plans to cope with the mounting crises. He has a three-part plan of inflation. He has a plan to suspend gas taxes. He has a plan to do this and a plan to do that. Well, plans are fantastic, but the one thing you got to do is implement them. 
And the implementation has been very difficult for this administration to do. Uh, plans are great, like I said, but it's not uh, if you don't do anything about it. A couple other thoughts on that. Um, a perennial complaint from Biden's Democrats, this is from the Democrats, not the Republicans, is that he hasn't capitalized on the platform that he commands as president. You know, the president president is a position that does command respect. It commands responsibility. It commands a lot of things that this president is not commanding. Um, uh, I'm not going to talk about anything personal with him. I know he has a stutter. He has problems thinking, getting things together. But he's reading a, a teleprompter most of the time. And I don't know if they need to enlarge the letters or help him, but they need to help this president. I want him to do better. He's representing my country, the United States of America. And I travel all over the world and hear what people say about my president and my country. Is he the guy I want in the White House? Absolutely not, but he's there. And the Bible tells us we're to honor our leadership. And so I honor him in his position as president. I don't like his decisions. I don't like the fact that he claims to be a, a Christian Catholic but that he thinks it's okay to kill babies in the womb makes no sense to me. The Catholic Church is actually ticked off about it. You might have heard recently Pelosi got to take communion. Somebody gave her communion when she was with the Pope. It wasn't the Pope himself. But her bishop said no because he said, I believe the Bible's true. But whatever was going on at the Vatican that day, she slipped through and got communion. Well, taking communion uh, doesn't really mean anything. It doesn't change your heart, Nancy. Uh, if you're still willing to kill babies, if you're still willing to allow for uh, men to be women and women to be men and, and all the crazy things that go on out there. You're not, you're not a good Catholic woman, I don't, I don't believe. Um, there's a benefit to having the president out there every day using his executive power to show the country that you're fighting for them. He's not out there every day. He gave a, a weak speech on, on July 4th because, you know, you kind of have to. It's the 4th of July. But some of the things that he said we quoted earlier, uh, again, it talked about all these things that I'm wanting to do. And, uh, you know, he talked about we're going to get control of COVID. Well, it's, it's resurging. and They're not getting control of it. We're going to get control of inflation. It's the highest it's ever been. We're going to get in control of uh, what's going on with gas prices. No. You can knock off your little 13-cent tax. And it's not going to help anybody. It really isn't. You need to knock off a couple of bucks. He blamed it on the uh, – recently he blamed it on the oil companies. They're doing this. And then he said, oh, no, not just the oil companies. It's, it's Putin. Putin did this. Really? Joe, stand up. I was going to say grow a pair, but I won't. I won't say that. It's not appropriate. Um, but people are, are bubbling up and seething with anger, not just the Republican Party, but Democrats as well, because they've got a president who's weak, who's not standing up. We're going to be back with the second half of Larry Connors USA. Stay with us. This is Larry Connors USA. Larry Connors USA.